Uh, let me just thank everybody for coming. I really want to appreciate the press for being here today as well. Um, we're going to start this press conference with Reverend Monanay, and he's going to center us uh, for the hard conversation we're about to have. We in our tradition pray before all things, and I think that all people who are loving people pray in their ways uh, to honor that which is righteous to reign upon us. As we are here, gracious creator, representing the first disfranchised, the first removed, the indigenous people, as we pray for those who are marginalized and have small voices, those that are black and brown people who have been displaced time and time again, those who need to have justice and those who will not rest until justice has been had. Will you be before us and with us and be the wind beneath our wings? Speak to those that have magistrate over such matters and let their hearts ring, O oh God, with the guilt and the understanding that until freedom has been reached in all places, injustice has an opportunity to reign. We're thankful for your most tender, loving care and helping us through this situation to see the greater end. In the name of all that's good, righteous, and holy, amen, amen. Amen. And uh, you're gonna t you have a story. I want to talk about my story as a business owner. Not only does, the, th does this law affect those that are tenants in terms of residential, it affects those that are in business as well minority business owners. We had a restaurant for three years on um, Greeley called Pochettes. The idea was a community hub for people to come to when uh, they needed to just have someone to talk to or a nice espresso and a great place for families and uh, children to meet and greet. It was a wonderful opportunity for us. After three years of building, a lot of hard work, and um, our employees would stayed up on the second floor the building was sold out from under us. Not only was our business displaced, our uh, income became very marginalized and we're still looking for a place to be. This is an important law. It's important that, we, uh, that, that our voices are heard and that uh, we demand justice in these areas. All right, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. And again, it just goes to prove that it's not just people who are running, but people that are trying to run small businesses in our community who are having these difficulties. Next, we're gonna hear from Candace. Hi, my name is Candace, and Hold I'm- Hold it closer, Candace. And I'm a lawyer and a small business owner here in Portland. I'm also a single mother to two daughters, and I have $100,000 in student loans. So you can imagine that I very much live check to check, especially as rents and other costs continue to rise in our city. When I was served with a very unexpected 90-day notice to vacate back in the fall, I was filled with fear. I was devastated to leave what I thought would be a long-term home. And I felt like a total failure telling my kids we're moving again. This was the fourth time in four years that I had been forced to move by no choices of my own. Each year for the last four years, I've tried to save and budget my way to, to where I can begin to get ahead. And each year I have had to spend and borrow 
and round up the support of my friends to make these moves. Application fees, $90 a pop for us because I now have to pay a fee for my daughter who just turned 18 and can't afford to rent a place here. First month's rent, last month's rent, deposit, pet deposit, other fees, not to mention just moving costs. My total moving fees are around $5,000. My friend told me that I might qualify for the new relocation assistance. And so I cautiously looked up what the law provided for. Moving from a three bedroom, I'd qualify for 4,500 in relocation assistance. I couldn't believe it. This would change everything for my daughters and me. And then I read the exemption. I was the only renter my landlord had left. I sold his other properties the past summer, making a nice chunk of change and exempting him from having to pay relocation assistance. My landlord was a nice guy. We had a good relationship, and he was in a better position than I was to foot the costs of my relocation. I paid more than his mortgage and helped him build his wealth, and so did his previous renters. And it turns out that we can't count on nice guy landlords to compare their situation with their renters' situations and do the right thing to help them relocate. That's why we need the city to act yes. and make yeah. relocation assistance permanent and close the single rental exemption. Rents are too high. Our homeless population is too large and we need to start shifting the burden to people who are in a better position to handle it. Thank you. nothing prepared, uh, but um, I'm, MK, I'm MK Hansen, and I um, did some research and uh, published the mic Can you yes. hear me now? Yeah. All right. So um, MK Hansen, I did some research and published a report, um, was motivated by the fact um, that there was policy being discussed and no data, and repeated requests for the data, and I waited. <laughs> And the data didn't come. And so I spent the last three months um, meticulously going over the tax lot data to try and get some figures that we could put in the balance to say exactly how many people are affected by this exemption. Um, and it's substantial. As an analyst, there's always some technical intuition when you take these projects on. You know it's bad. Um, but uh, it was worse than we thought. Um, and we triple checked it. And so um, I'm just here to, to lend support um, to tenants, to their allies, um, to close this gigantic loophole. And um, thank you for listening and thank you for reading the report. Thank you very much, appreciate it. Tia, are you okay? Hi, my name is Tia Sells and I'm nine months pregnant. Um, I'm here because of my disappointment. I'm here because of my disappointment at the mayor's inaction to address the current exemption to the city's relocation assistance program. I was 21 years old when I found out my body would be unable to produce a child without fertility treatments. My military service was coming to a close, and with it, my health insurance. So I did what any aspiring mother would do and I went through rigorous fertility treatments for months 
with no success. At the completion of my service, I moved from Virginia to Kentucky. We rented a truck and moved everything ourselves. After we moved into our new home, I started experiencing the worst pain I had ever felt in my life. The fertility treatments had been successful after all, and I was losing my child. For years, being around a baby or a young child was too painful because I had lost my one chance because of a move. Fast forward 15 years to a new state, a new husband, a new life. We found out last year that we were expecting a miracle from God, a child who is not supposed to be able to be possible. A child who is a dream I gave up years ago because I just could not afford the emotional or financial tolls of fertility treatments. Daisy is a miracle we're expecting in five weeks. Woo! Imagine the fear that enveloped my heart the day my husband came home and sat me down to inform me that our landlord had issued us a no-cause eviction from our home of the last three years. Imagine the, imagine the fear I felt as the memories came rushing back of losing my first child because of moving. My husband explained to me that he had begged our landlord, somebody we had considered a family friend long before they became our landlord, for six more months to ensure our little Daisy would be strong enough for a move. His pleas fell on deaf ears because she wants to remodel the house. So now, my husband is canceling his paternity leave. Instead, cashing out his vacation time to afford part of the deposits we need to move. And we're dipping into the money that I have scrupulously saved for my, maternity, my unpaid maternity leave so we can hire movers next week to ensure that our little miracle child, Daisy, can come into this world unharmed. Instead of paying the bills with the money I worked so hard to save, I am looking at ending my maternity leave sooner than expected, meaning less time to bond with my little Daisy, depriving her of breast milk, and instead having to switch her to formula so I can go back to work. If our no-cause eviction was not exempt from the current policy, we would be able to move without sacrificing bonding time with our newborn. Because of the mayor's inaction, I am forced to make the terrible choice between Daisy's safe birth, financing maternity leave, or moving. Today's meeting should not have been canceled. All renters need relocation assistance now. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh. Hello, my name is Aurelie Lopez. I am a volunteer with Portland Tenant United. I am a renter and today I am angry. I am angry because it is now one year after winning relocation assistance and we only still have, and we still do not have permanent, a permanent policy. What's even worse, newly available data shows that the current policy leaves one out of five renters not protected. One out of five renters. That's 50 people. 50,000 people not protected. We, we now know all of this thanks to a new report from Sherry at Will Consulting. In October, we had a chance to make this 
policy better. At City Council, at City Council, Commissioner Udali proposed an amendment to protect those 50,000 renters, but Mayor Ted Wheeler decided to make excuses. And because of those excuses, 5,000 renters, 50,000 renters, excuse me, are still not unprotected. Two years ago, he ran, when he ran for office, Mayor Wheeler said, it is time for the city to step up to, to ensure renters are being treated fairly and that landlords are following the law. Has the mayor changed his mind? Right now, it seems like he has. He is only making excuses in order to He's only making excuses in order to favor landlords over tenants. I'm tired of excuses. Renters are sick, sick of delays. Tenants and advocates and community members have spent the past year taking, I'm sorry, not taking. They've been, they spent the last year talking, meeting, and advocating. Now there's data there can, that can be um, there can be no more excuses because of this data. Mr. Mayor, City Council, take action now. Relocation for 50,000 unprotected tenants. Right on. Yes. Yeah. Relocation now. Relocation now. Yes. yes. Relocation now. Yes. Right on. Yeah. Relocation now. So what you've heard from all these stories is that the crisis still exists, that renters are still facing no-cause evictions with no assistance. What you've heard is that there are 50,000 renters that based on what their landlord decides to do, either will be housed or become part of our major houseless population. I am here today because, quite frankly, I am disappointed. I thought I was coming today for a meeting that we would be celebrating the right fact on. that we are protecting all tenants yes. in the city of Portland. Instead, I find out that the meeting's been canceled. And it's been canceled because there appears to be backstepping and backsliding from the commitment to the community. I live in a community where elderly people are begging for money on freeway overpass That's right. because they live on fixed incomes. It is now time for this city to show real leadership, yes. putting on paper that we have an emergency, and then acting as if we got all the time in the world is unacceptable. As part of my campaign about one Portland, the only way we get one Portland, and it's with real leadership, that says everybody at every income level has a right to safe, affordable housing in our city. That's right. At the pace we're going, it will be 250 years before we house all the houseless people in Portland. And we cannot afford to wait. We thought today we would be here celebrating that all tenants would have some security knowing that if they were forced to move, there would be assistance. And what we know now is that 
That is simply not true. So where is the leadership? Where are our elected officials? As people are constantly struggling to pay rent in this overpriced rental market. I am so, so disappointed that the mayor and the city council are not acting as if it's an emergency. People will be dying on our streets this winter because of the inaction of our leadership. People will be put out of their homes and become homeless. We don't even know. We can't get an accurate count today of how many people have been displaced because, quite frankly, there are people sleeping in cars. There are people sleeping on couches. We don't have a good number, but what we know is that it costs too much to live in a city where people work, where they worship, where they run businesses. And if the businesses can't afford to be here and the residents can't afford to be here, this will become a city of only the wealthy. That's not a city I want to live in. That's not a city we want to live in. And quite frankly, if you work hard, you should expect to be able to afford to live in the city you work in. So, so we are here today to say, instead of celebrating, that we're mad. And we're mad because the people who are supposed to lead us are backing away from the critical issue of making sure we are protecting people's homes. This is about stable communities. This is about making sure that people have a safe place to lay their head at night. We, as a, as a matter of city policy, seem to think that shelters are the solution to houselessness. Shelters are temporary, very, very, very temporary. And that is not what we need. What we need is big action from the city of Portland. What we need is visionary leadership. And what we need is a city council that will speak for the people of Portland. Evictions hurt everyone in our community. Everyone, it hurts the businesses in our community, hurts the families that are forced to move, and it makes our neighborhoods unstable. When people are moving in and out because they can't afford to stay there, our, our, our communities are unstable and they're unsafe. How do you know your neighbors if they're moving every other month because they can't afford to stay where they are? As a community, we have drawn a line in the sand. This is no longer acceptable. And if our leaders won't lead, then the people will leave them. I appreciate the media showing up today. We will be presenting this report to the city council and we will be demanding swift action. Yes. You cannot have an emergency and then cancel meetings that you only actually uh, have once a month, right? Yes. People are desperate today, now. Now is the time for action. So I want to thank each and every one of you for showing up and we would be happy to answer any questions that you have. It is about the people, 
And I gotta tell you, when a woman that's eight and a half months pregnant gets a 30 days notice from someone who she thought was a family friend because they've lived there so long, and the landlord has no compassion, no empathy, there's something wrong with that. And we are not saying people shouldn't make money, but what we are saying, not at the expense of our community, right? How much money is too much? And right now, rents are way, way too much. A hundred hours a week to pay your rent? That's insane, right? So that's what people are facing on the street. And yet, I know, I, have, I, I am on the board of Human Solutions. We have a family shelter, and people have a misperception about houseless people. The people in that shelter work two or three jobs. They just can't afford to pay first, last, and security deposit in the city of Portland. It doesn't have to be that way. It will not be that way with leadership that leads. Thank you. Any questions for the media? Going once, twice? People! 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 What do we want? What do we want it? What do we want? What do we want it? What do we want? What do we want it? What do we want? What do we want? today during this um, presentation or this rally really is what it was. Can you tell me what brought you out today? Well, it's, it's not fair. People are being jerked around. You know, we're being used like pawns, you know, in a game or something instead of like human beings with lives to live. They don't consider our health as older people. They don't consider our needs. If we have children there, obviously when pregnant people are going around with rental problems, that, that really, that's the most, the least compassionate thing. You know, I mean, it's, it takes us back to Jesus. They took him in a shelter with donkeys and stuff. We shouldn't have to do that kind of stuff, you know? People should be more compassionate toward one another. And I think it's all about profit instead of people. When you heard some of the stories you heard today, was there anything that surprised you? The pregnant lady, that that's disturbing. You know, that really is. Because, I mean, that's... The, 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 from the time we find out we're pregnant, we start preparing a, a, a place, you know? I mean, women, uh, during cave people days and stuff, they'd make a nest of grass and stuff and uh, fluff off of animals, you know, and start to prepare a place. And here, you don't know where your place is going to be. That's not right. 
I mean, you have to be comfortable in order to have the baby. I mean, it's, it's really hard on a woman to have a baby and not know where she's going to put that baby. If you had a hope for the city this year, what would it be? I would hope that Mayor Wheeler would put his money where his mouth is and stop saying things that he's not going to do. That's dishonesty. He needs to be for the people and not for the rich ones only, but for the, all the people. And the people that suffer the most and are most in need are the ones he needs to be concerned with. Thank you, Cora. Thank you. So, can you tell me who you are? Um, I'm Leonora Isaac. And what brought you out here today, Leah? Um, well, I, my concerns are with uh, the people of Portland and precisely uh, the uh, tenants, people who are renters, and they're really being taken advantage of. And so I'm with an organization called Portland Tenants United that really looks after these uh, these rights for all the renters of Portland, which is a lot. Are you a renter city, yourself? I am a renter myself. Now, do you ever have a fear that you might receive a no-cause eviction or that your rent is going to cool. go up? Yeah, all the time. Right. Like, yeah, it goes up all the time. It's really frustrating. You know, I pay half half my income for rent, and it doesn't leave me much for food and other expenses. Was there anything you heard today that surprised you? Um, and not nothing surprised surprises me here. Um, it, you have landlords that are continuing to raise the rent beyond what the market can bear. And markets don't raise rent; uh, landlords do. And there's so many. There's 50,000 uh, renters in the city who aren't even covered because with the relocation assistance, because of the fact that they live in homes that are the only the only unit that a landlord owns, and that's single unit landlords um, are exempt from this, which is a, a total phony argument that these people are are poor and can't handle the assist the, pay, the assistance pay. Um, they can afford more than the bonafide domicile that they live in. They own a, no a whole other place. They, you can't tell me those people aren't doing good. Nobody, nobody can tell me with a straight face that those people are having a rough time. And if you had a hope for a city this year, what would it be? That no-cause evictions are abolished, that reload assistance is made uh, broadly pertaining to all renters and not with no exceptions, and that that is made permanent. And then we also elect leaders for our city council and county council and other local elected officials that will do something about this. Instead of giving lip service to it um, and then backtracking and then giving more lip, lip service to it and then backtracking, that's just a ridiculous way to govern. You're not representing the people of Portland. So you either get out, lead, follow, or get out of the way. 
and I don't think we should be. I mean, we'll we'll lead you if, if, if leaders want to be led. We'll lead them. If they, they should follow us or get out of the way. Thank you, Leah. You're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about that. Absolutely. Hello, uh, my name's uh, Dom, and I'm speaking with Ethan here. How are you doing, Ethan? Hi, I'm doing okay. I'm Ethan Harrison. Ethan that? Harrison. Um, so uh, you came out here today for the press conference, and uh -huh. do you have some thoughts you want to share? Um, I'm. I, there was one tenant who said they were they were angry, um, and I really uh, I feel that I'm angry. Um, I thought there was going to be a meeting where we would substantively talk about uh, the matters of. You know the relocation ordinance, but um, uh, there there was no meeting, and so I, I just I have a lot of questions. Uh, yeah. What's a question that you would want to ask uh, the mayor, for example? Um, I don't know. I've read I've read the report uh, that's been that's been that was going to be presented today, and I um, my question would be why, why? My question would be you see the that this loophole is going to affect 50,000 or more people in the city why can't we close it uh, I would ask him um, about his campaign promises and that he ran on a pro-tenant platform um, I would ask him why he has seemed to shift from that um, and I just really I I don't know I'm at a loss for for words for questions it all seems so plain it, it seems so easy to do the right thing uh, there's the political will on city council. There is the popular will of the people. Why does the mayor not want to be on the side of tenants? So, um, how would you respond to the the mayor asserting that he needs good data to? Uh, I, I'll, the I'll, tell you, I'll tell you off, and I'll say, Mr. Mayor, how long have you had? Yeah. I'll say, Mr. Mayor, you are currently the person who oversees the Portland Housing Bureau. Mr. Mayor, do you not have access to all of the city's data? Do you not have the resources to, within the course of a calendar year, find the numbers? It is it is preposterous, and it is it is agitational to the people that you purport to serve to say that you lack the resources to come up with your own data. Um, if the mayor, I haven't, I don't, I don't know what if you're, if the mayor's made any statements lately, but. Uh, if, if the mayor is purporting that he he's waiting on the data, then then that means that the mayor uh, has the mayor been attending meetings? Has the mayor been putting renters' rights second to other priorities in the city? I realize that there are a lot of things going on in the mayor's office, but for the mayor to say that there's not uh, good data, um, that's fine. But it's not like this happened yesterday. The Portland housing crisis has been going on at least for a decade. It's been going on longer for communities of color, and and. Also, just lastly, when we talk about the data, the data is in the lived experiences of tenants. The tenants that you have been seeing at city council, the tenants that have been evicted from the Normandy apartments, the tenants that were evicted from Titan Manor, the tenants that have been living on the streets of your city as houseless people. You don't have to look at data and Excel spreadsheets to know that you need to do something for renters in this city. So again, maybe you need good data, but I see the data every day when I walk to work. 
I see the data every day from my friends that tell me about no-cause evictions. And so for the mayor to say that, I, I, what you're hearing me now in my voice is, is agitation because that's, that's just, it's frankly just preposterous. I uh, hope that the mayor uh, will listen to you and take this sure. into account. Uh, sure thank you for your time. Yeah, bye-bye. So I'm Dom Belcastro here uh, with Portland Tenants United on location in front of the Commonwealth Building downtown. Um, this is right after the press conference with uh, Joanne Hardesty had uh, finished. And, um, and we are uh, <clears throat> wrapping things up here, but we just had a very um, emotional, very agitational uh, press conference with affected tenants, um, a few of which who are experiencing uh, the consequences of leaving the single unit exemption in relocation assistance. And as uh, the report by MK Hansen uh, that was published recently shows, up to 20% of renters in the city are not eligible for relocation assistance. 50,000 minimum renters are not eligible for relocation assistance under this exemption. So that's mothers, fathers, children who are still vulnerable to being displaced without any support from their landlord. The landlord can choose to say, you gotta move, you have, uh, I believe it's 60 days under Oregon law, but you get no money to find that new home. They are still uh, vulnerable to rent increases as high as 100% or more, as we've seen in other communities, um, used to evict entire buildings. Uh, there's families, there's lives that are being affected by this technocratic fix, uh, only to uh, further enrich landlords. And uh, this is only the first conversation of many that need to continue to happen in our city uh, until justice is reached and all renters are protected from forced displacement. So this is uh, Don Bell Castro with Portland Tenants United Radio. and. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about relocation assistance and what you can do to have your voice heard, you can call the mayor, you can call the members of city council, and you can look up Portland Tenants United on Facebook to learn more about everything we're doing and uh, relocation assistance, um, around relocation assistance. Thank you.